We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Winning isn't everything, but it's the only thing. In our business, there is no second place. Either your first or your last. Exactly two minutes remain in this football game. Dallas leads Green Bay 17-14. Shar on third down. Third and goal. Quarterback. Three seconds left. Green Bay Packers are going to be world champions, NFL champions for the third straight year. Far. Lays it up for Freeman and it's incomplete. And or did he cave in the catch at the 15? Yes. What are they gonna roll it? He caught it? Touchdown! He did what? Rogers in trouble. It's gonna get there. He turned 32 yesterday. Does he have a vintage moment in it? In the end zone! It is caught for the win! Richard Rogers! With a walk-off touchdown. The final snap of Super Bowl 45. The Green Bay Packers have won the Super Bowl. The Lombardi Trophy is coming home. What is up, everybody? Welcome back to another episode of Talk of the Tundra, your Green Bay Packers podcast that is a proud partner of the Eurostep Podcast Network and the Blue Wire family. As always, I am your host, Numak, and joining me once again for another episode, the 101st episode of Talk of the Tundra, is my lovely co-host, Jordan Tresky. Jordan, how are you doing, buddy? Doing well, doing well. Started, started a new countdown. Count up, even. Possibly, maybe. Or yes. count down the 200. You can count up the 200 count, or count counting down. Counting up, I don't know. Listen, man, the little number on megaphone is, makes it way easier to count up than down, so... <laughs> No, let's do that. <laughs> um, we are coming to you into your podcast feeds uh, four days after, five days after in your podcast feeds after the Packers' victory over the Kansas City Chiefs. Um, so we're going to talk a little bit about cheeses that way, which players um, from that performance earned a cheese this week from us. And then we'll hop into the preview of the Packers versus the Giants coming up on Monday Night Football. Um I was going to shout out Hank Williams Jr. because that was like the anthem of my football childhood, but maybe we don't shout out Hank Williams Jr. just as like a little, maybe we don't kind of thing. No. But regardless of it all, <laughs> um, hop in for that Monday Night Football action against the, I guess, slumping New York Giants, the, year, the, the New York Giants of which you thought would be bad this year. 
and regress after they made the playoffs last year, won a playoff game. So, but before we get into all that, let's hand out some high grade cheddar cheese. We have some candidates. I think you and I both have the same uh, choices for our cheeses, but we're going to go through the candidates first and then give mm. our picks. I'd be surprised if we don't, but I'm willing to negotiate. Maybe. Uh, first off, this is, this is Jordan Love, um, our trusty quarterback who has been giving uh, Bears fans fits all week this week because they realize he's actually good. Uh, 25 of 36, 267 passing yards, three touchdowns, no interceptions, 118.6 passer rating, and a 91.8 PFF grade, the highest of all quarterbacks in week 13. Notably higher than the quarterback he went against, Patrick Mahomes. Pretty good, I'd say. I would say pretty good. I'd say pretty good. He's just he's just shining. He, he's been playing a lot better as of late. And we'll get more into Jordan Love later. But, yeah, he's, he's our first candidate. Christian Watson's next up. Seven catches on nine targets, 71 yards, two touchdowns, and two carries of uh, 15 yards, um, an 88.9 PFF grade, um, continuing his hot streak of just performing as he should after the Lions, or with the Lions game and now this game, catching balls deep, using his speed to showcase his talent and really become a difference maker for this team. And I think is part of the reason they've had two good performances against two pretty, I guess, on average, good defenses. Oh, yeah, for sure. And it's, we had awaited the Christian Watson breakout. We finally got it. It's on pause. <laughs> but we'll still Hopefully it's not on pause. We'll get into his what he said this week for his injury uh, during the injury report, but maybe it's not on pause. Hopefully it isn't. But um, mm-hmm. Next up is AJ Dillon. 18 carries, 73 yards, uh, one catch for 14 receiving yards, a 73.2 PFF grade. Just a, a good day at the office for AJ Dillon. Nothing like just, I guess, eye-popping, but he did what he needed to do was getting yards after contact and just running like he is Quadzilla. So, which is appropriate given that there's a new Godzilla movie out, which I heard is phenomenal. But go out, go to make time for this if you want to talk movies. And then Jadillon, or should I keep going? Um, sorry, the Godzilla. The Godzilla little spin. Listen, man, I've been seeing TikToks of people having their life changed by this Godzilla movie. Wow. They, like, you think it's you're going in watching just a, a big reptile that shoots nuclear nukes out of its mouth and i guess it's a lot better than that so i'm eager to see it maybe it speaks to our culture in 2023 i think it might (laughs) it's kind of the issue (laughs) it's the anti-oppenheimer yes you just shoot (laughs) a laser out of your mouth the entire time and just say (laughs) screw the world All right, I'm moving on to Keyshawn Nixon. Keyshawn Nixon, uh, five tackles, three of which were solo, an interception, and a pass breakup, 76.9 PFF grade. Keyshawn Nixon um, having one of, I think it was the only turnover of the game, Jordan, if I'm not mistaken, um, at a crucial time when the Packers really needed one. I know me, Ty, and a bunch of the people in the Discord, uh, quick ad, join the Discord, GSP and that info. It's a lot of fun in there. Um, or just saying, like, okay, Packers need a turnover right now to, like, keep this game in check and try and go up and go up two scores or something. So he showed up when he needed to at the very right time. So shout out Keisha Nixon. 
Kenny Clark is up next. Five tackles, two solo, one tackle for a loss, six pressures, which is insane. Um, Registers half a sack like a lot of the other interior defensive linemen and um, pass rushers did. Uh, Four run stops, um, a 65 uh, PFF grade. So I think that grade says not doesn't speak to how much Kenny Clark impacted this game. I think he played very well on Sunday. Yes, I would agree. Two straight weeks of um, him making huge impacts that don't necessarily reflect box score wise or traditional box score wise, but it's felt mm-hmm. clearly. Yeah, when he's when he's on, it like is is clearly being noticed and making the the front seven play a lot better when he's when he's on and getting pressures. Yeah. Next up is Darnell Savage. Four tackles, all of which were solo. Uh, one pass breakup, and then only allowed one catch on two targets for seven yards. An 85 uh, PFF grade. So big day from Darnell Savage, as this was his second game back, Jordan, or first? First. Yeah, because I, I I was like I'm pretty sure he didn't come back against uh, the Lions on Thanksgiving, given the short week. So big big game for Darnell Savage. Um, as he returns from that injury, unfortunately, he did get injured again, but we'll talk about that in a minute. Um, Anders Carlson, excuse me, is our last candidate. Three for three on extra points and two for two on field goals, which is really critical this week. A 40 and a 48 yarder both hit in the fourth quarter. So speak on your mans, Jordan. Trust it. Trust the leg. It's getting cold. It's getting windy. The elements are in play. Doesn't matter because Anders Carlson made my day. That look was my at, Dr. Seuss rhyme. Look at you rhyming away. Got the rhyme schemes. Yeah. All right. Just trust it. Trust the leg. I mean, he's. He'll he take sh- you far. He'll take you far. <laughs> um, so to review the candidates, it's Jordan Love, Christian Watson, AJ Dillon, Keyshawn Nixon, Kenny Clark, Donald Savage, and Anders Carlson. Um, I want to see if we have the same. So my first is Jordan Love. Lock. My second is Christian Watson. Lock. My third is Keisha Nixon. Lock. Let's go, baby. Let's go, baby. I think as much as Kenny Clark, I was like, oh, I mean, they did get some homes. They generated pressures. Defense wasn't, you know, and we before that kind of fourth quarter, Mahomes is really efficient. Mm-hmm. But turnovers speak louder than words, especially the words I'm saying right now. And that turn the game on its head so Keyshawn Nixon yes I don't disagree I think the biggest thing for me is that when you look I guess not the biggest thing I guess the argument for Kenny Clark and some of the interior defensive linemen is that when they got down the red zone a couple times early they had gotten Patrick Mahomes in the pocket and sacked him on third and goal that was close they got him like 10 yards out that made him kick the field goal or sacks that got him out of field goal range or stuff like that. Like they had very timely sacks, which is really important when you have a bend don't break defense, like they've been operating all this year. And so that does hold a lot of weight into how the flow of the game went on Sunday. But as I said earlier, they really needed a turnover at some point um, in that game to flip the script on how the drives were going to shake out as the game, the end of the game approached. And I think it's fair to say that without that interception, the Chiefs have a better chance of winning that game, um, considering how they're moving the ball. Yes, would agree. So it, it, that just getting, especially based on how many 
how the game was dictated by just ball possession, mm-hmm. having control. Mm-hmm. Drives are going long. Both teams are working and operating really well offensively. One turnover <laughs> changes the game like that. And yep. Especially that was what fourth quarter. That was like it was fourth, fourth quarter. quarter. So I'm yeah, curious. I'm but, curious as to um, I, I should say curious. I'm intrigued by how evenly split everything was for the um for like the team stats the chiefs had 337 total yards the packers had 382 obviously the chiefs had the one turnover the interception packers had none chiefs had 25 first downs packers had 24 packers had 30 minutes and 32 seconds of possession the chiefs had 29 minutes and 28 (laughs) minutes of possession um, rushing yards, 148 to 129, Chiefs to Packers. Like, it was a pretty evenly split game. Like, it was mm. a really good back-and-forth game, and um, usually those games come down to who has the ball last, and can they score? And that's exactly what happened. Packers <laughs> end up getting a penalty that they shouldn't have, and then not getting called a penalty they probably should have gotten called on. And then the Hail Mary wash. So all that is to say a 27 to 19 win over the Chiefs results in a Christian Watson, Jordan Love, and Keyshawn Nixon cheese. All well-deserved. Book it. Book it. Um, Some news and notes to talk about before we get into the Giants game. Um, The end of the roster churn continues for... Uh, GM Brian Gutenkunst. The Packers claimed uh, def- defensive back David Long off of waivers from the Carolina Panthers. Um, a fifth-year pro who has been sort of a journeyman in his five years, um, who was drafted by the Rams when Joe Barry was there, um, then moved on to play for the Raiders, obviously now played for the, the Panthers, and is now going to play for the Packers. Um, he's played in 63 games and has one interception to his name. Um he, I think it was his, no, not, not his rookie year, my apologies, but... In what, a regular season game. The interception was? The one regular season interception. He had one in the postseason during the Rams Super Bowl run. There we go. So he he t- took it home for a pick six. Perfect. And so, like, I'm going to trust Goody when it comes to these things. Like, obviously you're not going to find players like Russell Douglas or Devondre Campbell every single season, but... I think this is a a player that has pro experience that could be worth something at the end of their um, at the end of their roster to develop and, into a a depth pick for corner and just something a guy they need with the injuries to Jair, Eric Stokes, Donald Savage, and this their secondary in general this year. So um, I'm I'm a fan of it, frankly. Looking at PFS snap counts, there's just not a lot of rotation with the secondary. It's 44 snaps with um, Corey Valentine, 44 for Carrington Valentine, 38 for Keyshawn Nixon. There is not another cornerback that sees the field. Like, Jair's injury is obviously, it's. we'll see if he plays this week. It's probably going to be positive momentum, but he's also been saddled with a lot of injuries. Robert Rochelle, who they picked up earlier in the year, comes from the same system. Joe Barry is familiar with him. He hasn't really made many snaps on defensive at all. 
So yeah, just to have another useful body, and obviously they have the open roster spot. Just makes sense. He's a a fifth year pro, so it's like he knows what he's getting out of Joe Barry and everything like that. So just I guess we'll see more rotation that way. Time to play everybody's favorite game. What is um what do you think David Long's RAS score is? Oh, I because, think I because the Packers love RAS scores on their their flyers. I think I saw like it's it's in the nines. Of course it is. I'm gonna go nine like two point seven. Close nine two one. So if this price is right, you'd be you'd be out. But regardless, <laughs> pretty close. So. Um, grades out really well on his vertical jump, short shuttle, and three cone drill. This is obviously now four years ago, but he ran a four four five, like he faced. So here's to hoping he can have some sort of impact, um, even if it's next year, because we're getting kind of down to the the end of the year scramble. And if they're in the playoff race, I'm not really sure how much playing time they're going to give to an end of roster guy. But once we go over the injury report in a minute, maybe he sees some snaps. This week or in the the week's future. So, um, the Packers also made a move on their practice squad um, in regards to running back. They released James Robinson once again and signed veteran running back Kenyon Drake, the of um, former Alabama running back, former, my God, you can go so many Miami Dolphins, Oakland Raiders, Baltimore Ravens are the three that I know for sure, but Cardinals. Cardinals. Like, he's been a, a journeyman and I, thought, I think i saw he's 32 which is like i feel he's like 29 okay thank god because i don't say like I, I i'm pretty sure i just like remember him playing at alabama you missed two teams that he has technically been uh, suited up with. um yeah dolphins cardinals raiders ravens yep and then i'm gonna take like two seconds to try and nope i lost it go for it he was on the Colts earlier this year as a practice squad member. He was on the Browns earlier this year as a practice squad member. I don't remember that. So, but regardless, he's been he's been around. And I think a veteran that if he can't go is fine, but he's he's a veteran that has like pretty decent like career numbers in I'm trying to see if I can I forget how many how many gears he's played. One, two, three, four. For this is his eighth year. Um, in his eight years, he's amassed almost four thousand yards rushing, thirty-three touchdowns, and sixteen hundred yards receiving. Like and eight more touchdowns in the um, in the receiving column too. So like he's a a dynamic back who, if they really need a guy, if Aaron Jones and AJ Dillon are going to be out, or if one or the other are going to be out, it doesn't hurt to have a veteran like him in in the game. Like he's. A good stopgap, I should say. I think that's the, the thing for me is that he's probably the closest available mm-hmm. um, facsimile of Aaron Jones. Do you well, think? I, do you think we have listeners that don't know what facsimile is? <laughs> no, we have smart listeners. Thank you, top listeners. I mean, I say that because I learned what it was when I worked my previous job. I didn't know that fax machine was short for facsimile machine. Yeah. Like, I, did, I had no idea. So, I was just curious. And that's just fax. That's just... <laughs> I swear to God. <laughs> anyway. Anywho, it'll be... An approximation 
Do people know that word? I'm Aaron Jones. <laughs> <laughs> I'm Aaron Jones that the Packers obviously need in the run game, especially with, I think, yeah, we'll get into the injury report, but we, we, we don't know how long we will see or how long it will be until we see Aaron Jones. Really haven't heard anything about Emmanuel Wilson. He's probably done for the year. No, I, th- I think he's on. Is he, he on IR? Oh, yes, he is. I think he is on IR. Um, but it, they seemed optimistic about him. But knowing the roster trend they have now, I would bet they probably just keep him there for the year and then just pick him back up. Not pick, a, not pick him up in a literal transaction NFL sense, but pick up his progress and development in training camp next year. Yeah. So we'll see. But that does it for news and notes. Let's hop right in to the Packers-Giants matchup. We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences. So the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. When you make decisions for your company, you always look for the no-brainers. And if you have a lot of mailing and shipping to do, Stamps.com is the ultimate no-brainer. It streamlines your process to make your business more efficient which makes you less busy. Mail checks, invoices, legal documents, books, and everything you need to keep your business running with Stamps.com. Seamlessly connect with every major marketplace and shopping cart if you sell online, schedule package pickups through the dashboard, and automatically see your cheapest and fastest shipping options from different carriers, with rates up to 89% off USPS and UPS rates. And with the Stamps.com mobile app, you can take care of mailing and shipping wherever you are, even on the go. Make the same no-brainer decision as over 1 million other business decision makers with Stamps.com. Sign up at Stamps.com with code PROGRAM for a special offer that includes a four-week trial, plus free postage, and a free digital scale. No long-term commitments or contracts. That's Stamps.com, code PROGRAM. With all that being said, Packers looking to exact some revenge on the, uh, the New York football giants after... After last year's devastating trouncing, I should say, in uh, in London, when Aaron Rodgers and company and lost, I'm not gonna say embarrassingly, but lost a pretty bad game um, against Giants across the pond. You had it up earlier. Um, 27-22, they lost, in which it was just a tough game. Like, yeah, it's a really tough game. Yeah, lost at the end. They were leading. Um, they were leading for a while, it looks like. I'm trying to find the... Um, at one point, they were leading 17-3, the Packers were, and gave up 
four unanswered points. And then somehow got a safety. That sounds right. Yeah. But they got a safety with 11 seconds left. That's not really worth anything. So, yeah, it was a, it was a bad loss last year. And it kicked off what was the beginning of, I guess, I'm not going to say the beginning of the end, but of the really the bad tumble. the really bad slide they had last year. Um, this year, the Packers lost um, four straight, I believe, was, was the losing streak. Lions, Raiders, Broncos, Vikings. Last year, the Packers lost five straight against the, the Giants, the Jets, the Commanders, the Bills, and the Lions. So, like, that was the beginning of that stretch. Coincidentally, around the same time the Packers went on that stretch this year. Um, right at the beginning of October. So, um, they're trying to get some revenge this year. And they, they really need to if they want to keep in this playoff race. Not that they need to, but this is a game they absolutely should win. Um, the Packers are 29, 24, and 2 against the Giants lifetime and are 5 and 3 against them in the playoffs. Um, one of those wins being the most recent one where Randall Cobb caught that Hail Mary in the, in, at the end of the first half in the back of the end zone, which was very cool. Um, two of those losses are some of the most heartbreaking losses I've ever had as a, as a Packer fan, which is crazy that it has to come to the same team. But, man... I don't know why I just thought that, but that those are some of the like the two hardest losses I think I've ever had as a Packer fan. I think I think top three are the Seahawks. This is the, is the 2014 game, and then those two, which is wild. Anyways, sorry, <sighs> sorry to make everyone sad there for a second, <laughs> but um, they're two and two against the Giants when they're playing at MetLife Stadium since it was built in 2010, and um, 18 and 17 and two uh, while playing the Giants on the road. So I would not enjoy a tie. That'd be very unfun, but looks like both their ties came in, uh, came in New York. <laughs> um, all time. The Packers are 40, 33 and one on Monday night football, but they have a losing record of 20, 23 and one when they're playing on the road on Monday night football. Um, Monday night football is a doubleheader this week, I believe. So we'll have to split viewership. Yes, it is. I don't know why they do that, but um, regardless, it's happening. Let's get into the injury report. It's, once again, very, very long. <laughs> so, please bear with me here. Limited participation in practice today for the Packers was Jair Alexander with his shoulder injury, Devondra Campbell with his neck injury, um, AJ Dillon with his groin injury that he was had last week, um, Rashawn Gary and Elton Jenkins both have shoulder injuries, uh, Aaron Jones with his knee injury, Jonathan Owens with a knee injury, Jaden Reed with his chest injury that he's been battling the last few weeks, and uh, Devontae Wyatt with a elbow injury. Um, people or players that did not participate in practice today were linebacker Quay Walker with a shoulder injury and Christian Watson with his hamstring injury. Um, briefly on Christian Watson, if I can find my tab. And, and Darnell Savage. Did I miss him? I apologize. Chest injury for Savage. Thank you. Which is unfortunate, considering he just came off five of IR. So hopefully he can kind of come back and, and play this week. But that's not encouraging, considering he played was playing so well earlier in the season, played well this week, and now is hurt again. So fingers crossed he can go. Um, from Ryan Wood regarding Christian Watson, um, he Christian Watson indicated it's unlikely he'll be able to play Monday night versus the Giants. Made it clear he wants to be on the field as quickly as possible, but hamstring will likely need more time. Um, interesting context that Christian Watson provided for his in, for his hamstring injury and just his um, 
durability in general. This is also from Ryan Wood. Uh, Christian Watson says he spent, quote, tens of thousands of dollars, end quote, consulting medical experts on injury prevention. General consensus, he says, is strengthening his back so his hamstring doesn't overcompensate. He's hopeful more well-balanced distribution will avoid reoccurring injuries. So I think that's good news that they understand uh, a pathway to increasing his durability and kind of making sure that hamstring isn't overloaded like his uh consultants are saying but still stinks that he was really getting into the rhythm it, rhythm of it and will likely miss a game again now yeah i mean it's gonna be a question of when we see christian watson again maybe it's i don't think it's gonna be a weak injury at, at, you know hamstrings no I, I think he'll be out a couple of games very fickle and you want to make it sure it gets right this until things are right and that he you know continues this quest of finding the right i don't know i'm not a physician i'm not a body what is it uh athletic trainer yeah but there's like whatever you're not rohan kati <laughs> i'm not rohan kati i'm for sure not rohan kati there's only one rohan kati his name's rohan kati um sorry <laughs> Uh, my point is, until Christian Watson figures out his whole way of trying to get healthier. That was an unfortunate uh, pause. Yeah. <laughs> this is just going to be part of what we have to expect with Christian Watson. Yeah. It sucks. Yeah, you really don't want to have to expect it, but it's just kind of the way it is right now. Like, I think the best case scenario is that he can somehow get right by the end of this season, have some momentum and pick up where they were at the beginning of camp this year and next year. Like hopefully he gets healthy going into camp and he increases the strength in his back and he's able to figure out what's, what's ailing him to keep getting these hamstring injuries or keep suffering these hamstring injuries and hopefully start year three off hot. I think that's kind of just, what we have to expect there's nothing really we can deduce at the moment for that so this is kind of where we're at um full participants uh in practice today for the packers were eric stokes um actually we'll get back to eric stokes in a second but uh josiah deguire was a full participant in practice today with with his hip injury as was keishon nixon keishon nixon with a wrist injury and like i said eric stokes um zach jacobison uh tweeted this is from him that eric stokes was a Full participant in practice today for the Packers, paving the way for a likely return Monday night, the final day for him to be activated off of IR is on December 18th, but it looks like that could be sooner rather than later. I am mostly just concerned that they don't throw him out on special teams right away again, because if they throw him out on special teams as a gunner again and they get him hurt, I'm going to be very mad. Yeah, that would not be ideal. I, I think you want to see Eric Stokes play. You want to see him in defense, mm-hmm. in coverage, all those things. I think just doing the same thing that they did last time with the risk of re-aggravating some kind of muscle injury or any kind of injury just because Eric Stokes has suffered a lot of injuries over the last year, year and change. Yeah. So, yeah. Um I think, what I, they, I think what they ought to do is just treat him the same way that they treated Rashawn Gary this year, which is activate him off of IR and just 
bring him in slowly towards a ramp up. And what, we got five games left, six games left? I think five. But We're week 14, so we got five. Y- yeah. So we got five games left. Ramp him up this week, next week, and the week after. And then have him be a full go weeks 17 and 18. And I, th- I think that is plenty enough work to see what you got in Eric Stokes for this year. Because what's not being talked about, and I don't think it's not being talked about in the, a grander scheme of things, is that Carrington Valentine has been playing very well. And so why not supplement Eric Stokes' snaps with Carrington Valentine or Corey Valentine and let those guys keep developing as they are because they've been playing yeah. really well. And to throw out Eric Stokes on a it doesn't really matter this week because like the Giants um passing attack isn't as dominant as you would say from like a Justin Jefferson or Jordan Addison standpoint or a Mike Evans and a Chris Godwin standpoint coming up soon. But you still just don't want to go throw him right into the fire, right? You want him some time to get to ramp up and do these things. So I think supplementing Eric Stokes' snaps with Carrington Valentine and Corey Valentine is the right way to go rather than trying to get him ramped up to game speed than on special teams. Yeah, I would agree with that. I think part, I mean, honestly, like if you're going to slow play it, does he even play it all this year? I mean, that's, I think that's, I I think that's really slow playing it. It is, but I don't know. I I don't think if we think that special team, just making him a gunner is the bad, bad way of utilizing him, which they already tried doing that, and it led to the setback. I would like to see him rotated in there mm-hmm. if he's if he's up for it, if he's ready to do that. But like, I don't know, man. This could be. I don't. I feel like we're we have not heard the last about this. About him playing on special teams. No, just playing in general. Just like coming back, recovery, all that stuff. Right. I mean. I don't know. It's it's tough because I think he's he still hasn't gotten back up to speed from his injury he suffered last year, and what he was initially on IR for the beginning of this year, and now this new injury I think is a re re aggravation of that, and so it's it's just a a tough scene for Eric Stokes in general, right? But I think that he still needs to get these game reps in because they have to make a decision on his fifth-year option this May. And so they can't just slow play it and let him play out the year or not play out the year. I think they have to see what he has at corner and see if they want to pick up that fifth-year option on him for 2025. And it might suck to put him in that situation, but that's why I'm saying you get him ramped up over the next three weeks to see how he can handle that task. And then if he's able to let him start week 17, 18 and see what he's got. Yeah. Cause frankly, I'm trying to think who they play week 17. Who's their second to last game. Do you know? Minnesota. That is their second to last game. So yeah, they, they play the giants this week, the bucks, the Panthers, the Vikings, the bears. I think that is a good time for him to start because if you're ramping him up against Tommy DeVito, Isaiah Hodgins, and company for the Giants, like that's a relatively simple 
assignment, right? Not to punch down those guys, but they just haven't been as good as these guys that are going to be mentioning soon here. Then next week, the week after this game, you go into um, the game against the Buccaneers with Mike Evans and Chris Godwin, two dynamic wide receivers. See how he plays against that level of receiver talent and scale back his snaps for the Panthers game against Jonathan Mingo, Adam Thielen, and the like that way. And then if he's playing up to par for how he should be playing and is running well and is just just playing well, just start him against um, Justin Jefferson, Jordan Addison, TJ Hawkinson, and the Vikings um, in Minnesota and just see how he does. Because then if he does poorly, give him the chance to redeem himself against the Bears with Justin Fields Mooney, DJ Moore, where like the, the passing game isn't going to be as vicious as yes. it as it would be between the Bucks game and the Vikings game. Like I know that the quarterbacks for the rest of the teams we're gonna be facing aren't the greatest, but they still have the ability to throw passes and like throw accurate passes to their star wide receivers. Mike Evans is having a great year with Baker Mayfield. Justin Jefferson was having a good year before he went down. Like there's still talent to be to be defended there, and so you kind of give them the the tough assignment and against the Buccaneers, and then give them the easy assignment against the Bears, and I think you'd be able to if he can stay healthy throughout those games, have a decent enough assessment to help gauge their decision for next year. Yeah, I that from that standpoint, I totally agree. It is crucial to see what they have, determine what they have moving forward. Eric Stokes, again, last year has been just through a lot of things. Mm-hmm. You know, it's not, it, these are not easy decisions to make. No. It all, it's all all in the game. It's right. all interconnected. So, yeah, from that yeah. standpoint, ramping him up, playing the cautious way of, of, you know, pushing him further, but not pushing him you know, off the diving board, so to speak. Right. We'll see. We'll see how, we'll see if there's any rotation, whether that's Eric Stokes or just, you know, David Long or anybody. Right. I think it, it plays a lot into how they draft next year too. Like I'm not going to get too much into draft talk right now, but they're going to be picking at this point if they continue to win in the late teens, early twenties. And so, um, it depends on, where they want to go if all the, the tackle talent is gone that they want to draft a tackle early or something like what during the losing streak when we were picking up near five there was like franchise level offensive tackle players there now you're kind of looking at best player available that fits a need kind of thing yeah. which could be cornerback but if they feel comfortable in recent like picking up stokes's fifth year option and having an extra year to evaluate his talent and pick a cornerback in the future or being comfortable with uh Valentine or Valentine, then maybe they pick somewhere else. I just think they're it's not insignificant the next five weeks of Eric Stokes play. That's what I'm trying to say. Yeah. Absolutely. So that was a lot on Eric Stokes. I believe that is it for the Packers um injury report. This is the longest injury report we've had in a minute. Um <laughs> Discussion. I don't know if that's true. No, discussion-wise. Discussion oh, wise. yeah, of course. No, yeah. I think the one against the Lions was, was much longer than this. Um, but for the Giants, um, the Giants did not practice on Thursday, so this is a uh, estimation of what they would have practiced if they had. Um, f- uh, full participants for them are linebacker 
Carter Coughlin, who has a hip injury. Um, quarterback Tyrod Taylor, um, who has a rib injury. And then limited is Isaiah Simmons, a linebacker. Ashawn Robinson, their defensive lineman. And Dexter Lawrence, their standout defense, uh, defensive lineman. And Evan O'Neill, their offensive lineman, did not practice or would not have practiced had they had um, with an ankle injury. So yeah. um, a shorter uh, injury report for the Giants, I guess, actively. Um, they've got a few players that are on um, IR, including their uh, star tight end, Darren Waller, who uh, they traded for in the offseason. He's on IR. Uh, Daniel Jones, who they just gave a $40 million contract a year to. Um, he is on, he's on IR as well. Um, center Shane Lemieux, uh, their backup center, Jason, um, or JC Hassenauer, uh, a right tackle, Matt Pert is on IR, a left tackle, Joshua Azadu is on IR. Um, Isaiah Simmons, we mentioned earlier is, is uh, oh, I'm sorry, he's questionable. I misread that. Jared Davis, a linebacker is on IR. Like they just have a lot of people on IR. Like, even Graham Gano is on IR, Jordan. <laughs> the kicker? <laughs> yeah. Good lord. Yeah, their current their kicker now is uh, Randy Bullock. So, they're 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 snake bitten right now, which 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 leads to their their 4 and 8 record. Yeah. Um, a 4 and 8 record in which I'm trying to see. They're on a two-game winning streak that that the two-game winning streak is in large part thanks to Tommy DeVito, who we'll talk about in a minute, but it's against the Commanders and the Patriots. They scored 31 against the Commanders, which is whatever, but then 10 against the Patriots at home. Their four wins are against the Cardinals, the Commanders twice, and the Patriots. Not exactly, like, strong wins. So No, but Tommy DeVito, the Tommy DeVito train's coming. Listen, I guess along. you want to hop right into talking about Tommy DeVito and just the shock I guess he's he's brought to the team. Yeah. I mean Tommy DeVito, you got the 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 man for the job in New York, Italian through and through, lives with his parents, much to the dismay of uh fellow Eurostep host Rohan Cotti. Just make your bed, dude. Lives at home. Mom makes his bed. Not trying to rag on him. We've all been there. Um but DeVito is two and one since Daniel Jones went back down with uh I think towards ACL, if I'm not mistaken. Um like we said, won his last two games. Uh sixty two and a half uh, percent completion percentage, seven hundred passing yards, seven TDs, and three interceptions. And I believe it was that, that, that breakout game against the commanders where he really kind of like started to garner some attention from like NFL media just looking to write a story. He read three touchdowns and 250 yards against the commanders like just an absolute thrashing um and it was sacked nine times in that game mm-hmm. sheesh it's a lot of sacks a lot of sacks it's a lot of sacks nine times is crazy you wonder how daniel jones went down with an injury <laughs> yeah. yeah exactly um but yeah the the giants themselves their passing game has kind of come alive with tommy devito whether that's again the level of play or lower level of teams they're playing, or if Tommy DeVito is going to be the next Brock Purdy. Like, I don't know. I think it's way too early for for that designation, but, I mean, if they somehow get to... They'll lose this week, because obviously, as Packer fans, we have to say that. But I'm looking at the rest of their schedule. 
And they play... Oh, never mind. <laughs> they play the Packers, the Saints, the Eagles, the Rams, and the Eagles. Yep. <laughs> Let's say they win two of the next five. I would bet there's murmurs of Tommy DeVito overtaking that job next year, knowing how Dan Jones had played earlier this year before he tore his ACL. Even... Oh, I don't know. I think that. they just they, I think they would just trade him. Do you can Pete you on Jones? Yeah. He was picking up that contract. Yeah, but could you imagine if like some team who's in desperate need of a quarterback could just slot in a, a good starter, like a decent starter? I don't know. It's a it's 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 a it's a far fetched idea, but I, I don't, don't know. know what team is gonna be desperate enough to Or they just cut him. I'm sure I'm I'm sure that the uh the dead money would be would be upsetting, but I bet you if he plays well, and this is a big if. Um Ooh, they have an out after next year. The Giants do. Are you serious? Yep. They have a they have a year uh, they have an out after next year. Um two year eighty two million dollar deal with, with twenty two million dead cap. So who's to say? That being that being said, like I, th- I think that it is just interesting that they didn't look good all year. Like for context, they got blanked opening night against the Cowboys, forty to zero. They won thirty-one twenty against the bad Cardinals. Scored twelve against San Francisco. Scored three against Seattle. Sixteen against Miami. Nine against Buffalo. Um. 14 against the Commanders. They lost in overtime to the Jets, scoring 10 points. Then 6-17. And then that first game against Dallas was 4-17 with Tommy DeVito. And they scored 31-10. And so, like, the offense just isn't good, right? And so I don't think you can blame Daniel Jones for that entirely. But say they just start scoring more points with Tommy DeVito, maybe they do look to make a change or something. Because... It's just it's just tough with the receiving talent they have, right? It's not a lot. It's Wandell Robinson, Darius Slayton, and Jalen Hyatt, the rookie this year, and Daniel Bellinger. Who I'm a big fan of Daniel Bellinger. I think he's I think he's a good player. I think his role has gotten shadowed by Darren Dan Waller. By who? Sorry, Dan. I was, calling, <laughs> I was calling him Dan Bell. I think his role has been overshadowed by the presence of Darren Waller earlier in the year. But, like, I was high on Daniel Bellinger as, like, the tight end one in New York before they traded for Darren Waller. So I just think that they have a similar issue as the Packers had last year. They have a lot of wide receiver twos. And so making an offense churn with that and just go is difficult when you're not as lucky as you were last year like the Giants were. Yeah. You have anything to say on Tommy DeVito? Think he should make his bed. This is a this is a this is a joke. Listen to your stuff tomorrow, folks, and you'll yeah. you'll, you'll get it. This, it's a think of this as like a spinoff, and you'll hear like the uh, extended plot lines, or it's the uh, GSPN multiverse talking about Tommy DeVito on multiple pods. No, I just think I think it's very interesting that again Tyrod Taylor, bless his heart, always gets passed over. Yep. For even worse quarterbacks, uh, um, in part because he was also hurt. There was a reason that happened, and you know 
why Tommy DeVito is starting in the first place. But I don't know. There's competent numbers. There's competent things to support the fact that he's playing decently well in, you know, context of the Giants are a very bad football team. I don't know. I don't know how that would affect how I am feeling about this game, but I, I do feel a little cozy. It would not, It would ultimately, it would not feel good losing to the Giants when no. they're starting their third quarterback this year. No, absolutely not. Like, I think you had touched on it earlier in our in our group chat, but it kind of feels like a trap game. Like, I'm a little wary that they might the Packers might rest on their laurels coming off of a big win off of the Lions and the Chiefs. Like they just won two games they really needed to win that are really like good wins for this team, right? And now they have to go on the road and play a a Giants team that isn't really playing for much. They're playing to keep their jobs and coach their coach and keep their jobs. Like I think it's it has trap game energy to it, frankly. And yes. so they'll just need to really show up to to make sure that they're they're doing their job. The Packers are and beating the teams that they should beat. Like these next five games, they have four teams they absolutely should beat. And I think it is going to show the, I guess the resilience and the the mental fortitude of of the Packers young players if they can show up, do the work, beat the bad teams, and go into the playoffs. Yeah. That's simple. Um, you had touched on the offensive line problems for for the Giants and Tommy DeVito being sacked nine times in one game. Um, leakiest line in the NFL. Um, but as I mentioned earlier in the injury report, just line has been decimated by injuries. Just it's a just a tough year to be a Giants uh, fan and a player on that team, I guess as well. Um, the worst pass blocking grade um, on PFF. They've allowed a league-high 69 sacks this season, LOL, um, including 28 sacks on DeVito in his 147 dropbacks this year. That is Staggering. It's tough That's and staggering. Crazy. Yeah, it's not. It's crazy. It's Here, wild. Me, Do the quick, the quick maths. It's about 20%-ish. He's being sacked on. One in five. Right. I know you got it. Yeah. I'm trust me. I'm I'm pretty sure it's close to 20%. You're right. 5.25. So every five snaps he's getting sacked. Yeah. Which is wild. Um which means I think it's fair to expect a big game out of any of our interior defensive linemen or edge rushers this game. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I think this should be I mean this should have the makings of a field day. We've seen the defensive line last two weeks really show up. Mm-hmm. Getting pressures on Jared Goff, I guess a really good offensive line. Getting pressures on Patrick Mahomes, a very elusive quarterback. Solid to decent offensive line, considering or what side of you look at. Sean Gary um, is coming close to his career best, or season single season best. Yep. Sack count. He's a half a sack away from nine and a half, which was what he was at last year before he got injured. Or no, 2020, 2021 was his career high. Oh, yeah. Preston Smith has been kind of quiet, but he's always, once he gets through, he has a couple. Mm-hmm. Kenny Clark has been stepping up his game over the last couple of weeks. 
Lucas Van Ness, we saw a sack from him last week. Like, that's that is probably the biggest advantage facing the Packers in their favor, mm-hmm. among a whole lot of advantageous things in their favor. Besides, or, or in the context of knowing that again, that New York Football Giants are a bad football team, right? Yeah, I'm just excited to to watch this interior defensive line hopefully cook. Like, we haven't really seen a lot from Devontae Wyatt this year, which is concerning at this point. I think he's been involved in a lot of in a lot of plays. I think he's kind of there, but he hasn't been getting home like we'd like to see. He's still whiffing on some sacks at points and is showing up once in a blue moon to my very to my pleasure, but I think he needs to start developing and kind of being a bigger force in the pass rush in the run stopping game than he has been of late. I think this could be a good game to start picking up the end of the year um, push that he had like last year. Like he played very well last year at the end of the year and showed significant um, significant development in those those last few weeks. So hopefully this is a time where he can actually start. Um, doing that once again. Um, for, for context, 2023 stats, he has four sacks um, on 30 total pressures and just 15 tackles. So take that as you may. His um, rushing defense, as, as a greatest here, is 48. So not the greatest, just kind of below average run defender, but that's the Packers defense in general and more of a coaching issue. Um, not necessarily a Joe Barry issue, but just a general defensive line coaching issue than it is um, a Devontae Wyatt issue. Yeah. So here's to hoping that they can actually stop the run because Saquon Barkley still exists. And he's good. Yeah, he's very good. Even in a down year, even in the year where the Giants are battling for position at the top of the um, draft order. Right. Yeah, Saquon Barkley, just always the threat he that he is in the both the rushing and the passing game. Um, this year he has 700 yards uh, on the ground, one touchdown. He's been injured a bit this year, if I'm not mistaken. Yeah, yeah I think he missed the start of the year. Yeah, I'm trying to or see. Got hurt at the start of the year. Um, his first game of the year, or no? He missed looks what looks to be about a month between the Cardinals game and the Buffalo game. He's been healthy since, so missed about a month between um, September seventeenth and October fifteenth. Um, but yeah, he's just he's always talented. I think he's always had always has the ability to have a big game, even behind a porous line like they have now. Um, only has one one hundred yard game this year, but has games of ninety three and ninety as well. Um, but also has games where he didn't rush for 100, but instead he also he had over 100 um, all-purpose yards with his receiving yards um, mixed in as well, including what looks to be about 140 yards total against the Commanders two weeks ago to go with two touchdowns through the air. So he's looks like to be on the up and up. We'll see how it goes. I think just like any other game we've had this year, I think Saquon Barkley, like Isaiah Pacheco, runs pretty hard. So you might see a lot of 
similar looking runs from Saquon Barkley this year or this week as we saw against Pacheco last week. Yeah, I was just curious of what Saquon did last year in London. 13 carries, 70 yards, a touchdown, three catches, 36 yards. It wasn't, I remember it being a lot more, certainly at the time it was a lot more uh, like this guy's just running loose on the Packers. Kind right. Of but yeah, I again, that profile of running back has always given the Packers fits. Right. Coming after the Pacheco game last year, or last week, rather. You just want to limit it, neutralize it as much as you can. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and I think that hopefully they're focusing on it, right? Because that was a a tough game to allow Pacheco to have, and frankly, I think it worked out considering the result of the game. Like I, I told you pre-pod last week that I'm more than happy letting the, the guys that aren't Travis Kelsey beat us. And that was kind of the trend for most of the game was Pacheco having a big day running the ball all day long. That's fine. So long as you stop him from getting in the end zone, they did it a couple times, but that's fine. You're going to have that happen against the offense like the chiefs have and are led by Patrick Mahomes. I think this week it's a little different. You can let Saquon Barkley have his yards, but you can't let Saquon Barkley beat you with this, yes. with this team. Like, cause you, if you, if Tommy DeVito goes in and beats you with, against with Isaiah Hodgins, Darius Slayton, um, Wondell Robinson and the like, then I think you kind of just have to take that. They have a good week and they're playing better than they, um, better than as, as they've, as they've played better in recent weeks. But if you just go out there and let Saquon have 150 and two touchdowns, then what are we doing? Kind of thing, you know, yeah. It's, it's, yeah. it's the same idea. You had something to game plan for something very obvious to game plan for as a defense. And then if you don't, what were you doing all week? <laughs> yes. Yes, that would not be. I mean, the thing too is that it's not like they have been leaning on him. No. Since Tommy DeVito took over. Part of that is just because they've been out of games. Like, I'm looking at his game logs right now. Play the Jets in week eight, had 36 carries, 128 yards. Oh my God. I didn't see that number. That is insane. Was that the very it, rainy game? Was that is that a thing? Or I what? think so because I mean it was thirteen and ten, so I would assume. But uh, it dips down to sixteen carries, thirteen carries, fourteen carries, and then most recently, twelve carries against New England, all under hundred yards, not even a touchdown or not even a rushing touchdown, but two receiving touchdowns. It hasn't been like they've been loading up with Saquon Barkley to to really right. push them over. No, exactly. And I think you can't allow that this to be the week that it happens, right? Like that yeah. that that's simple enough for it. Um should we go to the the Packers offense and how they should play against this defense? Yes. New York's running defense, not that great. Not that no. great. Only the Carolina Panthers have allowed more rushing touchdowns of the Giants this season. Um and they are f- fourth in the league in rushing yards allowed and second most um, in yards per carry. So you want to talk about bad running defenses, think Packers and Giants. Um, The Giants have allowed fewer than 100 rushing yards in two games this season. So this would be (laughs) a great week to have a healthy running back. (laughs) Yes, And I don't think think we do. (laughs) 
I mean, Dylan has been on the injury report the last couple of weeks. So. Yeah, that that is true. I just like we're gonna see Kenyon Drake. Yeah, probably. Might, I, I'd imagine we do. Yeah, he might have a good night. He might have a little bit of burst on him left. You know, I, I think Aaron Jones is like for sure not playing. I think that's like pretty doubtful at this point. Yeah, well, also just wisdom with how the Packers normally treat guys. treat injuries, yeah, and treating playing at the Meadowlands. Frankly, that is the other thing that I'm very nervous. I'm very nervous. I'm very nervous to play the Meadowlands. For context, if you don't know, um, the Meadowlands this year and in years past has been the primary source of consternation amongst players. Um, begging for turf to be banned in the NFL um, in favor of natural grass or um, sod, stuff like that. And so the Meadowlands has claimed a few ACLs and a few Achilles this year, including Aaron Rodgers. And I think there was a a Dolphins player two weeks ago that tore his ACL while playing um, in New York at the Meadowlands. So, yeah, coming out of this game healthy with all of our ligaments intact would be pretty cool <laughs> frankly I would, yeah i would recommend that happening i would prefer that is the case prefer so given that context and that aaron jones's um injury is already an mcl sprain i would doubt he plays this week frankly yeah so but yeah if they're if they have such a porous run uh run defense I would imagine we might see a lot of Jaden Reed actions. I'd imagine we'd see a healthy dose of of AJ Dillon, obviously. But then, like you said, mixing Kenyon Drake into, I guess, the game plan in general, using him how you might use um, Aaron Jones in some plays. Obviously, Kenyon Drake's not going to be the lead back. That'll be AJ Dillon's work again this week. But Kenyon Drake and AJ Dillon have, like you mentioned earlier, a similar profile to um, find success out in the flat and just sort of a, a jump cutty back. Like, don't get me wrong, Kenyon Drake can plow through a guy. I see him do it. But I think he's more of a agile running back than he is a power running back. Yeah, it's about getting getting in space and letting him run. Mm-hmm. It, that kind of thing. And to your point, it's just something to spell A.J. Dillon. You yeah, know? you can't run the entire game. No, and he's done enough to to kind of keep the ship going, at least from the running game perspective but having a little bit of a dynamic guy that can work in the passing game a little bit more than Asia Dillon it's stuff like that that opens up the offense even more and considering that you're going to be without your top wideout at least of the last couple of weeks mm-hmm. Christian Watson having someone that can work in the behind the line of scrimmage like that would be very helpful too right absolutely um, for what it's worth the the Giants sport a pretty good group of graded receivers on PFF for for coverage. Or I'm sorry, not receivers, uh, cornerbacks. So um, Xavier McKinney, their safety, has been playing well this year. Uh, has one interception. Bobby uh, Okereke, I'm going to go with. The linebacker has two interceptions. Um, has a pretty good coverage grade as well. Um, Nick McLeod has um, an interception. So does Isaiah Simmons. And Simmons being a linebacker, but then um, Adore, I'm sorry, I'm trying to find Adore Jackson is still on this team. The, you mentioned pre-pod that the Niners tried to make a run after him and have them be traded or have get him in a trade, I guess, is the proper way to say that. So um, I guess we'll see, but 
I'm confident in a lot of these guys like Romeo Dobbs, Jaden Reed, hopefully Tucker Craft again this week, having success against this uh the secondary because of their their top graded um coverage guys on PFF again PFF grades take it for what you will um of their top four three are not traditional secondary players yes and you think considering that Jordan Love just tore apart a very good Chiefs secondary Uh having going against a more um abysmal secondary probably leads to better results you'd hope you'd hope um, I think the biggest thing is just counting on the young players to keep executing. That's the that's what's really changed over these last few games is that we haven't seen the mental errors from um, a lot of the young guys, and you haven't seen as many of, of the drops as we've seen in weeks past and during that, that losing streak. So if Jaden Reed and Tucker Craft and uh, Dontavion Wicks and Malik Heath can all just keep on doing what they're doing and focusing and doing their job and running their routes right. Let Jordan love cook. Yeah. I, I think, I think this it's is, as simple as that. Oh yeah. I think it's, I think between Wicks and Heath getting more snaps too. Jaden Reed has obviously last week was more of a down week for him or more so in the, he's had a, he just, had a regular week. Like yeah, in, yeah. in terms of We're production. Expect- yeah. He, he was on a absolute tear for a minute there. Yeah. And I think he just kind of came back down to to earth for a few for a game. He might get ramped back up for all we know. So that's another person that probably benefit from Kenny Kenny Drake seeing snaps in the backfield where mm-hmm. Jay Reed <laughs> that was their most explosive running back essentially the last couple of weeks with since Aaron Jones got hurt. Um, but no, I'm very. I'll be very intrigued to see how this passing game looks, especially with no Christian Watson. How do the other guys step up? What does Romeo Dobbs do in, in that kind of thing? Just had to go through it before, but now that kind of guys are establishing themselves as downfield threats in various ways and various styles, it could be an interesting mix of how this offense looks on the moon. Yeah, Absolutely. I'm trying to think of like who might step up in the Christian Watson. Role. I think I think this might be a big Wicks game. I was thinking the same thing. I it's lied. been bubbling. It's been bubbling for a like all season long. Bubbly. Obviously, the Chargers game was kind of the breakout game. Mm-hmm. It's just like, what do you do with that? I mean, even Malik Keith. Like, I'm not. I don't think I would firmly say it's Wicks, but Malik Keith had. That sensational first down last week. Mm-hmm. That's a like, funny. That's a funny sentence in context. Like what? Malik Heath had a sensational first down last week. <laughs> which you're, which you're not wrong. It was a great catch it's, and a move to get a first down. But like you think of like truly sensational things, like kind of over the top, very great plays. It's like, yeah, you got a first down. <laughs> um. Anything else on the offense we should we should talk about? Or should we wrap up the one little defense thing we got before we uh, wrap up? Not wrap up, but get into score predictions. The blitzing part. I was going to say, we probably have to get into the blitzing. Yeah, that's what I meant to talk about kind of thing. It was offense. <laughs> it was defense. It's the whole thing. Um, it's 1030, folks. Please give me a break. 
Um, the Giants rake second in blitz uh, pressure this year. So, uh, despite ranking second, they have just 21 sacks, good for fourth fewest of all teams. So they kind of have the Packers issue they had during that losing streak where they were getting a lot of pressure that looked like they were really going to get home sometime soon here and just don't. And I would bet that's part of just the injuries that they've sustained this uh, this year, but also just in general a fact of that they're probably on the field a whole lot considering the offense hasn't been good. Yes. That would make a big part of it. Well, it's... Yeah, go ahead. Sorry. No, I was just saying, like, trying to generate any disruptions. I'm looking at their um, takeaways and all that stuff. I would imagine it's not a lot. I can imagine it's a lot. Um, Yeah, I just think, like, we talked about it last week with Chiefs are notorious for... Or that was the big first test that Jordan Love had to make against a very aggressive um, defense and Jordan Love, I mean, had again, had his best game by far. The Giants are How does plus it... five in turnover differential. Really? Yep. They have 12 interceptions, seven fumbles. They have 19 total. They are What? They are tied for one, two, Daniel three. Jones was on this team. They're tied for fourth. That is shocking. Yeah. I'm sorry to interrupt you. I apologize. You were in the middle of a sentence. No, 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 no. That is shocking. That is truly shocking to me. Interesting. Yeah. I think the biggest thing they don't have they don't have a lot of giveaways in the first place. I don't like that. I don't like they, that stat, I'll tell you that much. They they have fourteen giveaways. Um, which is That's what... middle of the pack ish. The leader is the Vikings at twenty four. Um the least amount is 10 with the Bengals and the Cowboys, the Niners, and the Steelers. So, like, it's low on the scale of the range it could be. Because there's plenty. Like, the Packers are have 12. So, take that for what you may. I'll take it. But yeah, so I guess we'll see. If if they want to continue to get pressures but not sacks, I'm fine with that because Jordan Love's pocket presence this year in the last couple of games has been really good. Like the, the second Watson touchdown is was very emblematic of that, where he stepped up and stood there amongst a just mass of, of defenders and bodies and fired a rocket right into Christian Watson's arms. So yeah. I'm here for it. Alright, Jordan. You know what time it is players to watch i went first last week so it is your turn giants feels very easy to me who did you say oh the The giants Giants feels very easy to you okay saquon yeah i think it's pretty obvious he's gonna need to be pretty good for the giants to hopefully to win this game yeah so and we talked about it at length Packers, as much as the Giants' run defense is a big problem, the Packers has been a bigger problem. Uh-huh. <laughs> sure has. Um, I think I'm going to go with Dexter Lawrence. He is by far their best player on the defensive side of the ball. Um, keeping him in check and seeing if because they they kind of have a similar problem in that 
I should say problem. Like, Chris Jones had an impact on the game last week. He absolutely sunned Josh Myers on a couple of plays. Yeah. This is a similar type of matchup for for Josh Myers and the interior lineman. So being able to hold Dex Lawrence in check is going to be an important facet of this game. And if they can give Jordan Love time to make the throws he needs to make in order to win the game. Yeah. Uh, um, Packers, I'm going to go with Dontavion Wicks. I'm stealing him because I want to see him have a good breakout game in the absence of Christian Watson because this is, I guess, I'm not going to say his time, but this is his opportunity to really make an imprint on a game in which he could be needed for certain. And like, I don't think I need to see him do 150 in a touchdown to be surprised, but a decent 70, 80 yard game and maybe a touchdown I'd be very happy with. So is this, is, are you, are you priming this up for big Wicks breakout game? Yeah. Okay. That's my hope. Oh, certainly. Yes. Ooh. I guess I'm going to put it contextually on mine because this is the first week without both Musgrave and Watson. Because, like, Luke Musgrave was a bit of the, I'm pretty sure that's right, don't. You you can check me on it, but I'm pretty sure it is. Yeah, I think actually you're probably right. Um, but like Musgrave was a bit of a down the field threat over the middle up the seam for the majority of the year, and obviously Christian Watson has the burn on the edges, but without either of those down the field options available, Dontavian Wicks has been getting open over the middle over the middle of the field in the middle to deep depth range. For Jordan Love. And so this is kind of a, I'm not going to say a perfect storm because you don't want to call it that with player injuries, but this is a good opportunity for Wicks to fill in that spot um, and I guess fill in that role of the deep target on offense. I'm going to go defense. Fair enough. I am also going to go out on them. Ooh. I think this is a big Preston Smith game. You think so? He had a half sack against the Chiefs. He was credited with a half sack last week against the Chiefs. The two weeks before that, he was didn't have a sack. He had a sack in the Steelers game, and then Vikings game, he had two. I'm going to say he gets not one, but two sacks. All right. Gonna... I'm here for it. I'm here for it. I think he... I think part of it is... Packers defensive line is just going to get pressures. It's going to be one of those things where whoever starts to sit doesn't necessarily finish it kind yeah. of thing. Oh, no, I get that. But Preston Smith is just, I think he's due. And wherever he's lined up on what side of the field could benefit him most with getting home and putting Tommy DeVito in his unmade bed. <laughs> uh, score predictions. I am going to... <clears throat> excuse me. I am going to go... Oh, Monday Night Football, away game. I'm going to go Packers, 28, Giants, 13. Packers, 28, Giants, 13. Yep. 
I am very nervous about this game. I know you are. I think it ends up being a lot closer. Yeah. I will still credit it to be a Packers win. I'm going to go Packers 20, Giants 17. All right. All right, folks. That does it for us on this episode of Talk of the Tundra. Thank you all for listening in for now 101 episodes. Um, thank you again for all of your uh, listenership that we had over the past two years or so of episodes. Obviously, two years and some change, or I guess a year and some change, I should say, for um, for just time we've been live as a podcast. But um, yeah, just thank you. You can check out all of the Eurostep Podcast Network pods at gspn.info. You can find Eurostep at 1 and 6 there. Um, including the crossover pod that Jordan, Rohan, and Ty just recorded before we recorded this pod. So go check that feed for all of the news on the Bucks in-season tournament run and it coming to an end in a sad loss to the Ty- or to the Tyrese Halliburton-led Indiana Pacers. Um, check out Cruising for a Bruising to hear Adam and Andrew talk about Jackson Churio and him signing his huge extension to be- stay a brewer for the next eight years at least. Um, and then also check out Adam and Andrew on Make Time for This I don't know if they have a new episode on the new Godzilla movie, um, but they certainly have a new episode coming out, or that is already out, on the comedic genius of Albert Brooks and his feature films. So, follow us on Twitter, at Known, at Jordan Trusky, at PackersGSPM. Follow us on Instagram, at WatchGSPN, and on TikTok, at WatchGSPN. Follow us all over the place. We'd appreciate it. Again, thank you for listening, and Jordan, thank you. Thank you. Spring is in the air at Littleton Coin Company, and we want to help you brighten your collection. Visit us at littletoncoin.com all month long to enjoy 15% off your purchase. With a wide selection of coins, paper money, supplies, and more, Littleton Coin Company has something for every collector's taste. Use promo code SPRING at littletoncoin.com for 15% off your purchase all month long. Restrictions apply. Littleton Coin Company. Serving collectors since 1945.